The key today is that, you know, freedom is actually really, really important, as you know, as well as profit. And I think we often focus on growth and profit and, you know, developing your business. And what we want to focus on today is actually a strategy to help you create more freedom uh, from your business and within your business. And, uh, and this strategy we're talking about is called the six-week break. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. All right, well, without any further ado, let's jump into it. So I'm going to be interviewing Tony today, uh, and basically we'll start from the top. So Tony, why don't you start with, mate, what is the six-week break? What's it all about? Yeah, six-week break really simply is, you know, you take six weeks out of your business without any involvement at all in the business. Uh, so uh, pretty much you change the passwords so you can't meddle with anything. Uh, you know, it's kind of like cold turkey. Uh, so no phone calls, uh, you know, no jumping on the computer just to do a little bit of work to make sure it's it's all kind of running. So you're completely out of the picture. Uh, and it's, I guess the key thing about the six-week break and why it's a strategy, uh, not just a thing that you do, is uh, you're not going away for two or four weeks where you've got two weeks of setup and then four weeks of cleanup when you come back. That's you, know, you might have that. That might be the situation, which is going to tell you some stuff. But it's not how you plan for it. It's not how you plan for it. Yeah. Uh, so that that's really important. And uh, it needs to be six weeks uh, because six weeks basically pushes your business through all the business cycles that you run. So th- you want you want the business to be able to go through a sales cycle, uh, pricing cycles, invoicing cycles, end of month cycles, and even planning cycles. So, if you're running a six-week planning cycle, you know, can the business actually do that uh, in your, in your absence, so that it literally can run while you're not there, and and it actually improves when you're away. And the aim for me and our business was that the business has grown. We've made sales, we've grown, we've delivered great value, and we've worked on projects that are actually going to move the business forward that haven't actually involved you know, me as the CEO having to do them yeah, or, I think or initiate them. That's massive. Who here has taken a good long break, but honestly you planned for it for a few weeks, set everything up so that all your functions were kind of done in advance and then were anticipating that when you came back there was a bunch of shit that didn't happen and you had to kind of get busy. Hands up if that's you and that's what you do when you take a long break. Right, so that is not the aim with this. The whole point is you go through a whole business cycle and as Tony says, including you know, planning for business development and improvement and including the execution of that stuff, including things that are your responsibility and, and that's kind of the whole point. You Maybe that were your responsibility. Yeah, were your responsibility potentially. Uh, but the whole point is that you don't set it up before you go so that your role is already done in advance and then can be caught up. The whole point is that your responsibilities must be done without you. That's a key differentiator. So, when did we first start thinking about this, Tony? What was the what was yeah, the big one for you? Uh, yeah, so um, it was probably 2019. Uh, I went. We we have a part of a coaching group uh, who coaches coaches, and um, the guy's name's Taki Moore. So we've worked with Taki for uh, yonks six years or something, uh, and. Um, he has uh, he has um, trainings that he runs in Aussie and in the US. And I went over to the US and uh, in in, uh, in California at um, a place called Marina Del Rey. And the guy called Mike Michalowicz came and spoke to us. Um, I know you might might have seen heard of Mike. He's a profit first guy. And he was talking about his 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 book Clockwork. 
I reckon it's an exceptionally good book. Real simple, but um, really good. And he spoke about at the end of the book, uh, the you know the challenge was to to have a four week vacation. So I thought, you know, bugger that. Uh, I want to go better than that. I want to go six weeks, mainly because I had to. Because the first time we did this, we had a trip planned to the UK. So Bronwyn's uh, sisters live in the UK, and you know, if you're going to the UK four weeks, well, you might as well go for six weeks. Uh, so I was like, well, this has to be a six week break, not a not a four week break. Uh, so that that's that's kind of when we first did it. it was twenty twenty yeah Christmas twenty twenty just before the pandemic. We got home about two weeks before the world shut down. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting time. We were we actually were humming along. We'll get into this a bit deeper, I'm sure. But um, things were way better than they'd ever been because Tony wasn't here, and uh, and and things were going great. So the pandemic was kind of the the bump in the road. But it was a bit. But hey, so um, why did we decide to do it? I mean, what was what was the big reason? Yeah, so a few reasons. The first one was uh, I just wanted a break, uh, and and for the fun of it, to get a decent break and and to travel and and not have to worry about where business is at. That was certainly important. Uh, and you know we could make the most of a trip, obviously overseas. If you're going halfway around the world, uh, you might as well make the most of it because it's a bloody long way, especially when you've got four kids and you know there's a lot going on. Uh, I think that was the first thing. But the the other thing was, um, many years ago, I heard someone describe a business as as a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. And I was like, well, you know, maybe we should test this theory out. Like we coach this stuff, we should probably like try this stuff. Uh, so I wanted to test out the theory that you know you can have a business that makes you profit, good profit, uh, but also gives you freedom. You know, is this actually possible? How does it look? Uh, and I guess the, the next part of that is um, we test it out, but we also want to find the holes in the business that don't work. You know that cause I, I think here's the thing: as a business owner, you don't actually realise all the holes you plug. You know, you, you do a lot of stuff just. You sort of just jump in, and, and if you actually kept a really tight record of it, you'd be like, bloody hell, I've like got my fingers in way more pies in this business than I realised. And it might only be a little decision that needs to be made. And often it is. I'm going to talk about decisions in a minute because they're actually yeah. a big part of this. It might be a little decision you make, but if you're out of it, that all the consequences that flow from that decision can't happen. Uh, and even making the decision can be quite stressful sometimes. So it's just finding all the holes in the business that, you know, if we want it to be something that can operate with a high degree of, um, autonomy from the from the owner uh, or, or the founder, then um, you know, this is a good way to test it. out. It's a good strategy to use. Yeah, definitely. And I think holes is yeah, as we said, it's really the point. And holes can come in all shapes and sizes, right? You know, like some people are going to find holes where there's things that just straight up don't happen because they're your responsibility and you do them. Uh, other things may happen differently without your guidance. And moreover, there's some stuff that might not happen not because other people aren't doing it but because you often need to sign off on it. Maybe it's stuff that wouldn't happen because you do it. Maybe it's stuff that wouldn't happen properly because you can't influence it. And maybe it's stuff that just really you uh, are relied on for that final sign-off. You know, people need to be checked. So yeah, a few people saying holes. So that's the whole point of the strategy is identifying those holes and we'll talk about some uh, some good ways to make sure we plug them and. uh yeah, you can really do this properly. 100%. So, mate, what fears or concerns did you have uh, prior to taking this break? I know there were a couple. Well, the biggest fear was leaving a lunatic like you in charge. Yeah, uh, fear, that, fear that was mildly concerning. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, that was that wasn't actually the biggest concern. Uh, I guess the concerns are, you know, would everything keep functioning? What if something went badly wrong? Like, you know, something that the team couldn't handle? Can I actually actually disconnect from this business? Can I actually unwind and, and, you know, 
I, I, most of us are actually quite addicted to what we do for our business. Um, so, you know, could I actually disconnect from my business? Because it is a bit of an addiction. I don't know about any of you guys, but I'm like a compulsive checker. Compulsively checking bank account balances, uh, sales pipelines, how many leads, how many new sales, what's happening to, you know, results for clients, all that sort of stuff. And, and, and so it was like, can I actually unplug? And I think another fear um, is, uh, you know, what if I'm not needed? Yeah, completely normal, right? I mean, you built your business from nothing. Uh, you know, there was a time when it was just you potentially and, and you know, everything revolved around you, like completely needed. It's almost the same sort of feeling as your kids growing up and they, they move out and they don't need you anymore. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a weird feeling. It's like your baby's flying the nest in, in some ways. So yeah. I think that's pretty normal, man. Uh, I know there's one thing in particular that you're pretty compulsive about checking, mate. What is it? Just for everybody's... Uh, I don't know. What is it? For you, it's a bank account, well, man. Bank I, accounts, I, yeah, I, I just, catch you on that. He's, this guy's yeah. in his bank account every day. I am too, by the way. But, uh, Are you in my bank account every day? Oh, yeah, that's that where all the money's going. That explains why I need going. to be on my bank account every day. Cause, <laughs> um, yeah, I, and it's weird because it gives you a sense of, I don't know, comfort or something. Some Something's a bit weird. Um, yeah, so it was actually not doing that for a few weeks. Um, it was actually quite hard. Yeah, <laughs> to totally, totally. Well, yeah. It's scary. I mean, it's like that feeling of control. Like if I'm not checking and I'm not in it, then um, how do I know I'm in control? And, and the reality is is that you're not and you shouldn't be. And that's actually uh, that's actually a really important learning here. Um, if you missed it earlier, guys, changing your passwords is real important and not you changing it, uh, someone else changing them. So you can't. You don't, have to, you don't have to change the password on your bank account. That might be going Maybe not on far, your bank but, account. But, but you uh, get the idea if you're always, if you're always logging in to see what's happening. Because this is, yeah. this is oh, maybe we'll get into this. But maybe we can jump into it now, actually. Go for it, man. The, the thing about... Um, like this is a strategy to test your business and figure out is it actually a fully fledged business that can run without you, mm. uh, but also it's great for you as a person. And if if you take a six week break, but then you are constantly checking and you're not actually you're, you're keeping the kind of the adrenaline levels, you're just raising them up all the time. And if you if you completely unplug, your mind starts to go to a different place. It goes from the urgent kind of demand. You know, I've got jobs to fix and clients to sort out and team members to, to sort out. Because when your brain's in that phase, it, it doesn't really think long term. It doesn't think about the big picture or the bigger questions of life and business. But if you unplug for a period of time, and I think Kevin alluded to this, then you start to actually think about life in a different way and your business, uh, your health, your relationships, your kids, your parents, a whole bunch of stuff. You start to think about you know things in a different way and that's the real juice so when you do the six-week plan you need to give yourself the gift of actually truly unplugging otherwise it'll be half-assed right you'll, you'll get some benefit but you'll you'll still be on that kind of aroused state um you know a lot of the time yeah 100 percent. i think like there's certain things you may want to abstain from in the break as well and we'll talk about what tony actually did in his breaks um shortly but uh, you definitely want to allow yourself that time to unplug. You know, if, if, if this is on this stuff's on your mind all the time and you're not sure what you'd think about, what that shows you is that all you think about is your business. Uh, so if that doesn't stress you out, if that's not grinding on you, then dude, like that's going to be pretty, pretty hardcore. So yeah, Eamon, a lot of people are habitual warriors. We do have a question here, just a quick one, uh, Tony, while we're at it. Lisa was wondering, prior to that first six week break, what was the longest amount of time you'd had off before uh, that? Three to four weeks. Yeah, over yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas shutdown, that kind of thing. Yep. So pretty normal. And again, one big difference with that, if you're taking the Christmas shutdown as your longest break, uh, if the business is actually not functioning, that's not the same thing. 
Yep. You know, if you're shut down, that's not your business running without you. That's your business on pause while you have a break, which is not the same thing. It's an important differentiation. So, um, mate, what did you what did you do? For the well, first one? Yeah, first the first one was probably the best one uh, because we went to the UK. So uh, we went from middle of December to end of January. Um, and we did a couple of weeks in there, obviously Christmas, and, and that, that's okay if you do that the first time, that's no, no problem, um, because you've got other part, you know, other bits of that time the business is running. So I went to the UK, visited family, that was, that was brilliant. You get on the plane and like it's, you know, it's a complete pattern interrupt, so everything's different, and I think that really helps. And as a general rule for, for breaks, that pattern interrupt I think is, is super important. Uh, so we just toured around, we went to... Um, I went to to um, to the UK. We went over to Ireland, visited a friend from university. Went to Scotland, stayed in Edinburgh for a couple of days, uh, and stayed with friends along the way, which was which was great. We had you know UK Christmas, which was which was good fun. The second time uh, was just recently, so uh, again I did it from uh, middle of December to just the start of February uh, this year, um, and we were in New Zealand because obviously you can't go anywhere. Couldn't at the time. Couldn't at the time. Um, so we uh, we did a few things. We went um, went to the beach uh, for a couple of spots. We went to a cricket tournament. Uh, had a bit of time around home. wasn't as good, uh, to no. be honest, because um, you're a little bit hooked into your normal patterns. Uh, but still, was great. And, yeah, and 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 you know, super worthwhile. Yeah, hundred percent. And Ed and Michelle have said uh, that they often do a lot of strategizing and planning over that six week break, guys. I think that's that's completely fine. Uh, as long as you're not actually meddling in the normal business stuff, I think that's important. Uh, and as long as you also take time to make sure that you do have a real break, like I, that, I think that's that, important. Yeah, yeah. So, so a couple of things there. Um, I think for me, and I, I, this may be different for you. I actually need to do some active relaxing, uh, particularly early on in the holiday. So I need a few things planned. Otherwise, seriously, it's like a crack addict coming off, you know, uh, off the drugs. You're like, just like. Ugh. Yeah, um, and which shows you that you need a break. Um, so, so I, you know, have a few activities uh, locked in. Maybe we go on a couple of fishing trips, or we go for a walk, or you know, we we go somewhere for a few days and have things planned out. I find a book is great, like a novel, something that's not business related, uh, is brilliant. So you can just kind of escape a little bit and just hang out with the kids and do a few things. So that's important. But also, you can strategize, and I think you hundred percent should on your six week break. But you'll do it in a different way because your your mind's in a different space. Yeah, your strategizing and your big picture thinking is is way better. Uh, that's what that's what Bromin and I have found. So you're in a different headspace and and you don't have the demands of the day to day. And you, you might, you know, not just talk about the business, but you talk about what you want for your life. And maybe you start talking about your relationships. And uh, you know, I think that's it. As yeah. long as you're still thinking bigger. And I think a, a big thing there. There's always a temptation if you have a bit of time to yourself and you get some time to think bigger and have strategy and you start having some really good ideas, there's a temptation to let people know and put them in action. You can't bloody do that, all right? You can't because then you are working again. So a little tip that I find pretty helpful, and again, I think it's different for everybody, but when I have those shower thoughts, even if it's just overnight, um, and I was talking to Kerry about this recently, but uh, there's a real temptation. You have a, a thought for somebody and you want to email them and tell them while it's fresh and you don't forget it. Uh, don't do that. Email yourself. Uh, and flag it, and when you come back to work, then you can readdress it. Don't forget it, you know, make a note, but email yourself. If you feel the temptation to email someone else and talk to them, don't. Email you, and future you will receive that email later and be like, thank you, Pastor. So me, that was you, super helpful. Are you trying to tell me something here? Yeah, I mean, I email myself nightly instead of you, so that's, well, that's, the, yeah, that's the real truth. Take, I, I kind of often <laughs> send Phil Voxer messages like, 
oh, what up, G? And there's some, some sort of idea yes, or, or yeah. something. So Tony's terrible at this. Uh, I often get the little, uh, hey, how you going? And I'm like, great. And he's like, cool, because I've got this idea, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, man, like, go away. <laughs> Um, so so yeah, definitely you can you think differently. I think is is important. Yeah, yeah. And hey, look, Lee, you know you talked about putting a whiteboard next to the spa because that's where you come up with great ideas and problem solve. Yeah, like hey, uh, I probably wouldn't go that far. Yeah, that, try sounds, to, that sounds awkward. Yeah, try to enjoy the spa a little bit. Don't don't. I, I'd say like, look, if you want to do some strategizing while you're on the holiday, totally cool. Uh, but like keep it low tech don't bring work stuff you know like flip charts and whiteboards and colour pens and post-its like nah now you're having a proper strategy session it's okay to let your mind wander come up with some creative stuff that's cool make a note send yourself an email off your phone don't start working I think that's important look and for me uh, my kind of best um entrepreneurial type is, is creation so I have a million ideas and it's actually fun when I get in the right space and so do, during a six-week break, I particularly have good ideas around investing and stuff like that because I, I get sort of a little bit, um, what's the word? You get a bit focused on work and you kind of forget about the big picture sometimes. So, um, But yeah. th- this is an important differentiation though because my style is, is, is not, not creative. I'm not a particularly creative guy. I'm a big-time doer. Yep. I'm an implementer. So the thing is, is like if I get an idea on a holiday – uh, the temptation to just start doing it is is so strong. Uh, I think it's really, really important that you you do allow yourself the time to actually unplug as well. Um, and again, if I start doing stuff, I'm not stress testing whether or not other people can do it, which is which is a super important differentiation. So, Tony, I'd love to know how did the six week breaks go? Like, what was the result? What did you see? What did you find? Well, probably have to ask the team. Would be a good place to start, but um, we might might do that in a minute. Um, Look, it was great for me to get away. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I look forward to it, number one, so it gives me something to, to really um, get excited about. So I think that's cool. Uh, and the headspace I find is amazing. Uh, so you definitely, we've sort of touched on this, we start to think differently. You think longer term, you think more strategically, and it lets the urgent stuff settle. And you know, as I said, you use a different part of your brain. When you're not balls deep in, in issues and, and be honest in our business now I'm probably not so much um, in that because you know Phil's role as the COO so he takes care of a lot of that stuff and the department heads do as well but there's always stuff going on and you always know this is another thing often you uh, you may have you know got yourself out of the weeds so to speak but you're always in contact with what's happening and so that that stimulates you emotionally and mentally as well even if you don't have to deal with it and so you kind of you almost get the emotional fallout from it you know, it, it sucks some energy from you. Well, when you're completely detached, you can't, you, it doesn't touch you, uh, and which is great. So that helps you think differently. I think for me, it proved we have a real business. Like, business went great both times. Um, so that was that was actually really exciting. I felt, uh, I felt proud of myself, proud of the team, and just excited. Uh, so that, that was cool. Um, and I think one of the great things is, you know, when you get back, uh, you realise that you've actually pretty much done yourself out of a job, <laughs> which is um, which is amazing. That's the whole point, right? That's that's what this process is about. Not so much do yourself out of a job because it means you're probably opening up the opportunity to do the job you should have been doing in the first place. Well, you've done yourself into a, a better into, job, into actually. A, into a different job. Yeah, and probably a better one, I'll be, I'll be honest. Yep. Like, I mean, is it going to be a, a, probably more fun? It's probably going to be more... Beneficial to the business as well, honestly. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, you know, if if it works well and work pretty well for us, it allows you to focus on 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 higher level stuff more permanently. So that yep. that was that was cool. 
and also you know it shows showed for us the areas of the business where you are still actually pretty pretty important or integral uh, in in you know the functioning of it. And for us, maybe that was things like boot camps, organising yeah. that sort of stuff um, was definitely something that wouldn't have happened without um, without us. Definitely in there. Hey Tony, do you feel guilty taking that much time off, and your staff don't? And do you get any backlash from the team? That's a great question. Honestly, I I probably did, but I don't now. If I can jump in there, uh, there was absolutely no backlash from the team. Uh, why? Because it made all our jobs about twenty times easier when he wasn't here. And uh, like I say that, it probably feels like a bit of a joke. It's not. It's a hundred percent true. Um, and I guarantee you do this to your teams too. Uh, put your hand up if there's stuff that happens in your business where it's someone else's job, but you sign it off. Be honest. Could be pricing, could be invoicing. Maybe you need to double check the big ones. Maybe it's scheduling and you need to check it before it's finalised. Maybe, you know, it's different types of sales bits. You know, and you need to check different polite portions of the process or be involved in them. When you do that, you make it harder for your team. So honestly, like when Tony wasn't here, everything moved quicker. Uh, and we identified that as a, as a really big a uh, big thing. Actually. Yeah, I think this this guilt thing is massive thing for us all to to talk about. What, what's the point of having a business if you can't get away from it? It's just a job. Uh, so I think that guilt thing is more an issue in our minds than in our employees or our team's minds. And I think you know if you if you treat your employees uh, with respect uh, and you pr- provide uh, uh, you know an exceptional employment experience, they're going to love it because here's the thing. Uh, it's good for them because they get to they get to grow. It's a great opportunity. I think, I think an, that's the key thing. And I think another thing here as well is like one big thing is it's not like we can't take long breaks. Like and some of you guys actually might might have been in the program long enough to remember Damon's little uh, sabbatical. Put your hand up if you remember Damon buggering off for about eight months. Yeah, so Damon went on an eight month holiday at one point. Eight months. Uh, we didn't unemploy him or anything. He was just on holiday for eight months. He actually had so much bloody leave that he actually <laughs> a lot of that was paid, which was real annoying. But uh, but the point is, is like, look, like we we can do that as well, and in fact, we're encouraged to. So it's it's not like we can't. So the backlash is is not there. Yeah. And I think important. if and I think if if people um, and it is a very viral thing. I think it's more in our mind than than their minds. But if you do have team members who who you know get. Um, what's the word, bend out of shape by that, there's a, a cultural values problem there. 100%. They, they, they have some, you know, they have some issues as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's in our best interest, honestly, for, for you to be at your best too. So, 100%. So that's 100%. crucial. And here's, this is the thing, like, and I, and I say this all due respect and a lot of love for Phil as well, because uh, he does an amazing job there, but there is a difference when you're a business owner. Um, it is more stressful. You do carry everything on your shoulders, and so you need to put a lot more into looking after yourself, um, so that you can turn up as the best version of yourself for your team uh, and your family as well. So I think it's very important that um, you know you fit your own oxygen mask first. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it, man. So this is probably the the other side of it. You know, how did the the six week break work for you? And the team, and what did you get out of it, and how did you find it? All right, well, I mean, I think firstly, I just want to say, honestly, we've never been more productive, just being honest. 
that's hard to hear. Uh, and look, we're going to talk a little bit more about one of the key lessons here in a second, which is about this thing called the 4D mix. But one thing that was really, really apparent when Tony was not here was just how many things had to be signed off by Tony. And it wasn't even necessarily a policy or a rule, but you know, if you wrote a piece of copy, uh, it was like, hey, well, I'll show Tony, see what he thinks. You know, if I wrote a webinar, it was like, well, I'll show Tony and get his input. Uh, and there was always you know, input to be got and definitely there was some value there, but with the value came rework and honestly half the time, our version was actually great to start with and it slowed everything down. And actually it was really, really apparent when Tony wasn't here just how many things didn't need to be checked, just how many things didn't need to be run past him. And, you know, don't get me wrong, man, all love intended. The wisdom's great, but like sometimes it just makes everything bloody slow. And I think the big thing is, like I say, actually, it was it was great in a lot of ways for us because it allowed us to step up, make our own decisions and just get things done. And a lot of, um, honestly, it was really satisfying as well because when you came back, it was like, cool, here's everything awesome that's happened. And, and it was it was a really awesome thing to be able to show you like, hey, not only did we function without you, but things have moved ahead and we've actually achieved some really great stuff. So, look, a as an example, um, last six-week break, um, team made the decision that we'll implement a new CRM system, which is a big thing. It's like, you know, it's like putting a new job software in. Uh, yeah. And we've been workshopping with these guys for weeks now, and it's, it's a big thing. Uh, they made that decision, decided it was going to be paid the money, boom, done. Uh, yeah. If I was here, I mean, I've been mucking around that for months. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th that was really satisfying. Mm. Uh, there was a bunch of other stuff. I can't remember off the top of my head what, what they we, were. But we, uh, we identified before the second, six, the second time you did yeah. this, we identified boot camp as a, as a really big difficulty for Tony's time. Like he would check everything. He was across everything. He'd basically project manage it. And, you, you know, you may or may not realise a lot of work goes into planning a boot camp. Uh, and we realised just how much of a, a drain on not just your time but your energy this is. So the last time he took a six-week break, we literally wrote, planned, organised, booked everything, the entire boot camp, and Tony came back and it was like, here's your bit, this is what to say, uh, and that's it. And like things like that are really important. Uh, we also went th through the hiring process with various people. We've hired people while Tony's not been here. Uh, things like that, you know, again, just taking stuff off your plate and it was just – it was interesting how much we could do. Honestly, what happens is that I think Phil actually was getting pretty frustrated. Yeah. Um, with you know how long things would take. Uh, yeah. And and simple things like you know when we're hiring people, uh, trying to fit that into my calendar to do interviews is bloody nightmare. Yeah, hundred percent. So just like take a lot of it out, um, which is what we've done. Yeah. Well, I mean, trying to tee you up for Zoom interviews and person interviews. You know, they're long, long periods of time and, yeah, it was just dragging the whole cycle out. So Plus if you take too long, as you know, when you're hiring people, you miss out on good people. So Exactly. So making the decision to just say, hey, you're not in this anymore. Um, you know, it's, and it's scary because you're thinking, well, I'm going to be paying this person. And I'm like, well, that, the that, that's fine. That, but that's actually a, that's a thing we should talk about too. I think so because I think a big thing here as well is like, sure, maybe we think about the business or we think about you. I think one thing I want to say here is whether or not you are paying the person or not. You, remember, you're also paying me and one of the biggest things to pay me is to pay me to make sure that we get the right people to pay, right? So 100%. 100%. And also, you think uh, as a business owner, I'm paying, but actually as your business grows and you're all, you know, at various stages, but you've got, um, you know, reasonably sized businesses is, 
it's not even you're paying anymore, the business is paying. It's a different, 100%. like you, you kind of separate it from yourself. And this whole six-week plan is about that. It's about taking it away from you, out of your head, putting it as it's a thing that op- that has a life of its own. Uh, and that's really important. That's what this whole process is about. The, the six-week plan is testing it that this baby that you've created can live on its own, like it's self-sustaining. Like your kids, you know, they kind of need you at the start. Uh, my oldest is, is nearly 17, and he needs me a lot less than he used to. <laughs> Except for when he needs money in a car, but that's a whole other sure. story. And a pony, right, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> no, my little pony, anyway. Right. Well, hey, should we get to the meatiest bit yep. of this? Yep. Uh, I'd love to know, what are the key lessons for making this work? How do, how do guys put this in place? How do we make it work? What are the lessons that you've learned? I think the first thing is um, plan it ahead, so give yourself some time for when you're going to do it, and, and we'll put a challenge to you at the end of this for when you're going to do this. Uh, so this is uh, there's some do at the end here. So plan it ahead. I think the first time you do it, go somewhere else. Like go somewhere that really breaks the frame. Yeah, uh, so get away. So and no staycations, all right, team. No staycations. Uh, and I think the the thing to understand, and, and this is what Mike Michalowicz talks in his book about and um, clockwork, is to really understand the four D's of of business, if you like, and that is doing, deciding, delegating, and designing. Uh, so you know, doing is actually doing the work, uh, and you know, deciding is making decisions about what needs to be done. Delegating is is like you know, getting other people to do it, and designing is you know, creation of strategy and concepts and all that sort of stuff. 100%. Uh, and so, what we have to do is get you out of the doing as much as possible. Uh, so that's the first thing. That's that's relatively obvious, right? Because if you're if you're doing the jobs or you're doing the pricing or doing the invoicing uh, or doing the, the sales and the marketing or doing the site visits or whatever. Doing the client nurture, doing, doing, the, cli- doing the 20s, doing, doing, doing the coaching of your team. Yeah, doing the hiring. Like you, you can't, it's very difficult to go away for a true six-week break. It's going to be like a, I'll get ready for two weeks and clean up four weeks afterwards. That's what happens. So you, you need to you know, pull yourself out of the doing. But the, the key thing is the deciding. That's that's the real big one here, guys. Yeah. And this is what, if you don't take anything else away from this uh, this session today, please take this away. Because when we think about planning ahead of time and getting out of things, making your business less reliant on you, getting out of doing is an obvious one, right? Like, that's where your mind's going to go. But the real key here to freedom is getting out of deciding. So let that sink in. Get out of the deciding. And that, this is huge. And if I think about my life as a business owner, the things that suck my energy is knowing that decisions need to be made, and you 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 spend a lot of time, um, you know, equivocating and going back and forth and and talking to different people in the business and oh, should I or should I not, and that takes a lot of effort, uh, maybe on big decisions, but even small decisions like you know, hey, do you need to check these invoices if they're over twenty grand or hundred grand or whatever, or check these claims. Or um, you know, do I need to go over the materials that are coming in, or do I whatever it is? If, if you just need to check or or give your okay with things, that is taking so much brain space, so much energy, so much emotional energy that um, well, it's doing that which is is hurting you. It's making things go slower in the business. And the other side's like three sides to the triangle. The the bottom side is it's robbing your team of the ability to grow and develop. And that's what you need. You need a really you know, crash hot team with good systems and processes. Uh, if you can get away and create a real, you know, create a business that works without you and makes money. Yeah. So, so that's that's huge. I think massive, that's a massive thing. Massive. And again, like if you're lying awake at night, you know, thinking about all this stuff banging through your head, 
Um, it's because you haven't really delegated it. You feel responsibility to it. If you're the decision maker, then you are the responsible one for whether this works more than the person who actually does the task that you delegated because you're the one who makes the decisions. You're the one who actually owns the outcome if that's the way you delegate. Mm. So it's your responsibility and it's your worry, it's your stress and it all comes back on you even though you didn't technically take the action. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of things will halt, where they'll fall over. It's because you own the decisions and people don't know how to make them for themselves. And, and, and there's a couple of things here. One is if you're making decisions, maybe you can get away with that for four weeks of no decisions being made. But the downstream consequences are massive because the next two to three to four months of your business, the actions won't have flowed. There'll be a lot of lag effects. So, you know, for instance, if you need, me, need to make decisions about signing off quotes or bids that you do and you don't do that for six weeks, well, it may not hit you, for, hit, you know, affect you for that four to six weeks. So it's sure as hell going to stuff your business up for the next two or three or four or six months after that because you, your pipeline will dry. That might be an example. Well, there's lots of things. I mean, like, again, if, if I always sign off the schedule before – you know, before we actually get into any work, well, the hard thing is if I take a two-week break, I can just plan two weeks' worth of work, schedule it out, get it done in advance, and I'm like, everything worked without me, but it didn't work without you. You just prepared for that. You know, like, other people need to be able to make these decisions. If they can't, then that's why we, that's why we take six weeks here, guys. It's real important because things need to go through a full cycle where decisions must be made, and, and that's the whole point. Yeah, that's that the key of it. And, and if you think about tasks, I, I like to break it up into heads and hands work. Mm. And so this delegating thing, we might think we've delegated a task. You know, it's cool. We've got, we've got the pricing out of, our, out of our hands because I've given it to my estimator, but I still check stuff. So, you know, it might only be 10 or 15% of the work, which is the heads work for you checking, but it's all of the stress that's right. You know, all of the thinking stress, okay, they take some of the doing, gives you a bit of time, but you're still, you know, at the end of the day, it still stops with you, which takes a lot of energy. And and the flip side of this is if you want a business that grows, it's about having capacity. And if you're controlling everything, you can't grow. Like those two things don't work together. Yes, you need to keep control, and that's good people, good systems, good culture, good metrics, uh, you know, KPIs and, and that sort of thing. That's a big part of it. But you have to be able to let other people run it, and that means letting go some some control. Yeah, and I think like there's definitely levels to this as well. Like I've heard lots of people say in the program, you guys have probably said it yourself. Hey, it was great. We made a sale the other week, uh, and I never even heard about this lead. I don't know who it is. I you know didn't even see it on the books. I just saw an invoice get paid, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. This happened without me, and that's cool. That's a great step. What I'd like to know is. At what point are you going to see business improvement projects that drive your business forward and actually help you grow the business other than just making sales? When that stuff happens without you even knowing, that's a truly beautiful thing. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading, and it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, Join my free Facebook group at ProfitableTradie.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Tradie in the YouTube search bar. Or four, book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at ProfitableTradie.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.